You're listening to Kinda Funny by Maria Shukin. Hi guys, I hope you're all having an amazing day. I'm your host, Maria, and today's episode is going to be on a very serious topic. We're going to be talking about race. And under that, we're going to be talking about my experience with racism. We're going to be talking about individual racism. And we're also going to be talking about systematic racism, which is the bigger issue and something that we're going to cover for majority of the podcast. And after we talk about all the systematic racism, individual racism, my experience, blah, blah, blah. We, and I mean I, I mean me, whatever, I'm going to be recommending some good movies or shows that I thought were excellent and I got a lot out of it. The cinematography was excellent, the casting and the scripts and everything, they were really, really good. And I would recommend you guys to watch those at the end of the podcast. But before we jump into the podcast, let me first begin by saying thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. And also remember to f- uh, follow and subscribe to this podcast, Kind of Funny by Maria Shaketh. I'll be uploading twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays. And I would really, really appreciate if you guys send me a message. And if you want to, please do not, hesi- please do not hesitate and please feel free to email me at kindoffunnybyms at gmail.com. Anyways, now that we have got the self shameless self-promo out there, uh, out of the way, um, let's get on with the podcast. Right. So I want to begin by sharing my own experience with racism, mainly because I feel like, A, because this is my first ever podcast, it's going to be good for my listeners to get to know me a bit better. And there's something that I never really shared with anybody. And B, it's going to be a good foundation that I set for this entire episode because I want to start with something more personal and develop into something that is a larger problem and it's, it's a problem in the entire system and it's a problem as, as to how we perceive humans, as to why exactly racism exists and how it becomes so prominent as we grow older and how we experience it on actually a day-to-day basis but then we don't really realize it. So if you do not know me or if you do not know me personally at least, um, you wouldn't know. Uh, where I'm from or etc. I'm actually, my dad is from Pakistan and my mom is from the UAE. I am born and raised in Hong Kong. So I basically spent more than 17 years of my life here. When I was, I think, um, 40 days old, 50 days old, something like that, uh, there was the SARS outbreak. And I, my mother and I, we left to Dubai. And I didn't come back for like at least a year. So I think other than that, I've mainly stayed in Hong Kong basically all my life. I've been brought up here. I've had my education here, etc, etc. And throughout the course of all this, I have experienced my fair share of racism. Even though when you look at me, I look white. But then when I was younger... And before I moved to this place, which, by the way, I don't really think I experienced any racism here. Before, when I used to, the place that I was born in, that district, there were a lot of people who I felt were kind of discriminate, discriminatory, dis- oh, fuck. You know, they, they, they weren't really accepting of who we were. Not because of the color of our skin, not because of... Uh, Like, you know, the way we talked, I spoke fluent Cantonese, I spoke fluent English. Hell, I spoke Cantonese better than I spoke my father tongue, which is so weird, you know, like, 
what the fuck? But okay, yeah. And I still speak Cantonese better than I speak my father tongue. But then I always got these stares. And there were a lot of times when, for example, when I was younger, uh, I was with my family. And when I was younger, I would do the hijab, which I don't do anymore because A, I feel quite unsafe and I don't really like it. It doesn't really identify as me. And B, again, because I kind of have this so-called... I don't know if it will be so-called or if it's like legitimate PTSD of what used to happen to me when I was a younger child. So whenever we used to go into the lift or whenever we used to go out and if we encountered these racist people in our building, they would just immediately cover their faces. They would just um, walk out of the lift if they see us or if they would just not go into the lift and I would, I'm not ge- overgeneralizing a lot of the Hong Kong people here in this um, scenario because I have, like, almost, like, all of my friends, they're actually Hong Kongers, and I myself identify as a Hong Konger. The problem has lessened a lot, or maybe it's because I don't face it as much as I used to, so I don't really know how uh, big the problem is right now. But for what I know is that people did use to discriminate against me, and I felt quite unsafe. And I didn't really understand what was happening because I was like, what, 10 years old, 9 years old at that time. And I felt like, did I f- smell bad? Like, was I giving off a body body odor? Because it's that time of puberty where you start giving out body odor. And I was like, oh, is that the problem? But then I realized, no, that's not the problem. I smell stunning. But then the problem is that I'm a Muslim. I am from Middle East and Southeast Asia and I'm different from these people and they do not accept me. They do not like the fact that I'm here. They feel disgusted by me. They'll push themselves away. They'll cover their mouths. They'll cover their nose because they don't want to breathe or smell the same air that I'm breathing. And I felt bad. I would feel hurt, you know. And I didn't understand that this exactly was racism until very far on in my life where when I started debating where I had to research on all these fancy words and etc and that just really shows how nobody is exactly born a racist because if you were born a racist you would understand the word racism you would understand why people are treating other people in certain ways but I didn't understand it or maybe it was just because I was not born into a quote-unquote privileged family or privileged society Maybe that's why I didn't understand it. But then at the same time, I have and or I had or have, I mean, I still have, I have extremely fair skin. I have freckles. I look white, honestly. When you look at me, if I'm not wearing a hijab, I look white. So when I'm not wearing, and this still happens till today, when I'm not wearing a hijab, when I have my hair down, I go into a store, um, especially luxury stores or like any store in general, actually. For example, if I go to Fortress or Broadway, which, by the way, if you do not know, are electronic sh- shops, if I go in a tire that I look white, even without trying, I just look white, people just treat me 10 times better. They wouldn't follow me. They would be much kinder. They would be much nicer. And if I say I don't really want to buy the product, I'll think about it. They would be more understanding. Whereas if I wear a hijab, or whereas if I'm an abaya, I'm an, an abaya, they would give me looks, 
they'll follow me around the store immediately as I step into the store. They would follow me around so closely and every single thing I touch, they're going to touch it again and replace it into a so-called tidy position when then when when I touch the thing, it didn't even move from its location, you know. So it actually makes me feel quite hurt and it makes me feel like, oh, what the fuck? Like, no, bitch, what the fuck? Like, uh, you get extra money if I purchase something from here, but then I'm not going to purchase anything because you are being a dick. And there's been so, so, so many times where I have literally went into a store. I knew I was going to get this thing. I just wanted to confirm with the sales assistants on whether it's that exact, like, these, uh, for example, if I want to get a moisturizer for my face, I would be like, this is extremely hydrating and it's good for dry skin. I just need to double confirm. And if that sales is rude to me, I'm literally not going to buy that moisturizer, at least not from that store. I would go home and buy it online because I'd rather spend that $20 on shipping than to give that $20 of commission to her because she was being a fucking racist. So... I have literally faced this racism on a day-to-day basis and like for me I can sort of try to avoid it by not wearing a hijab and that is it it isn't really a big problem for me not wearing I mean not wearing hijab because like I don't really feel comfortable in it like I don't really I'm not really at, at that stage to feel like oh yeah I really want to wear a hijab but then it's a problem for my mom who wears an abaya and a hijab at all times and I'm just like they're just so fucking rude you know like I go into a store first and I'm not wearing hijab I look white I have red hair red-ish whatever they treat me completely differently before and after my mom steps into the store to pay for the thing that I was supposedly going to buy but I'm not gonna buy it anymore because they shit and they were being shit and being racist after my mom came in and the treatment was different so this entire problem of like Racism, it isn't only, f- like, faced on a racial slurs way or is, it isn't only faced where, like, it is like um, people are calling you names on the street directly. It's also the sort of low-key or soft racism that are, are is actually so prominent and we don't really see it. And that is the entire problem. It's because it's from there that actually causes a systematic racism excuse me, really passionate talking about this, that actually causes a systematic racist pro- racism problems, problem. Now, this is my personal story, <clears throat> but then I want to go on to talking about individual racism right now, as I've developed on racism to begin with, and I developed it from my personal story. Actually, I faced racism at school as well, um, at least in my uh, grade seven, uh, when I just went into a secondary school, I did sort of face racism. I felt quite insecure because I was like so different and it was like, I was like an outsider, but I do not understand why people treated me differently. Like I'm a human, you're a human. Like why does anything make me less superior than you? Like, I don't get it, you know? So when you talk about individual racism uh, and versus a systematic racism, individual racism is more like uh, one individual person being racist to another person 
or like for example it's one white guy being racist to a black guy or if it's like one um a person who thinks they're more superior than another person and they're being racist to that other person that's the own person's feelings or like you know the police officer who uh, kneels on uh, George Floyd's neck I forgot his name um let me look it up this is so embarrassing okay uh, for example Derek Chauvin was actually an individual racist where he kneeled on George Floyd's neck for a good nine minutes or maybe even longer maybe the video started way after he was arrested and the uh, officer started kneeling on him we never know so um that is sort of what we call individual racism even though he was representing an entire police force he was representing the minneapolis police department he was wearing his um he was wearing the police uh, attire and he was representing the police and he was carrying out his quote-unquote duties to protect the city um he was still being an individual racist we cannot say that just because one police officer is racist, the entire police force is racist. So that is where individual racism comes into effect. But then when you think about it, is it really just white versus black? Because in that same video, you see that there's this Asian uh, police officer who's telling people to just piss off, stop recording, stop annoying the process of like the murder of George Floyd, George Floyd by Derek Chauvin. That police officer is not white. He is also a person of color. Like, why the fuck do we even say that? You know, like, the white is also color, you know? Just, just what the fuck? Anyways, so he's also a... Let's just use the word, these terms, like, black, white, person of color, etc. for easier understanding. So he's also a person of color. He's also a minority in the, um, in the States. He's, um... A police officer he's a minority don't understand why he didn't step in to stop because like uh it's what if it was him because what if like i don't understand like just because you're a police officer does does it mean that you've never ever faced any sort of racism especially because you are a minority in the states and a lot of the times minorities in the states do face some sort of racism. So what I was like is that something so personal, something that you might have faced in your own like reality, are you sort of taking revenge or like why didn't you step into shop, you know? I was really pleased to see that all four of these officers were actually arrested uh, at some point and the degree of, <coughs> of Derek Chauvin ex uh, increased from the first degree was it first no third degree to second degree of course very good second degree is accidental and it was clearly not accidental because george floyd screamed for help he said that <clears throat> oh my god i literally can i literally picture that entire video till today every time i hear the name george floyd because i clicked into the video i was having a really shitty day i clicked into the video i didn't even know what the video was about i thought it was just like similar police brutality to what was happening in Hong Kong and um, I clicked in I watched the entire 10 minutes I watched him pass away 
it was so heartbreaking. And <clears throat> the the thing is, I, I was kind of pissed that the person who uploaded the video, obviously he might have just uploaded it in emergency. He didn't, ex he or she did not show that it was trigger, that there was any sort of triggering aspects of the video, which there were, obviously it was a murder. And there was no trigger warnings. There was no viewer discretion, which I think like, if you're going to post something like that, if you're going to post something that is sensitive, that has blood, that has murder, that has abuse, etc., you must always put viewer discretion because there are people who just don't. I like, I do it even if I post like, even if I repost something on my story, I would always put trigger warning and just cover the post with the words TW because I feel like you should have the right to know that it's triggering and if you feel that it's uncomfortable, you shouldn't like watch it or click it. Anyways, so back to, sorry, back to George Floyd's murder. Um, when I was, uh, right before I was uh, going to, uh, I, I was going to start recording this podcast, I was on Instagram clicking into the hashtag Black Lives Matter movement, um, the hashtag on Instagram, just to see some additional information that I can talk about on this podcast today. I mean, on this episode, I click, the first thing I saw was breaking Thomas Lane, an ex-officer charged in George Floyd's death. He was also one of the people in that scene. Uh, he was one of the four murder, uh, for one of the four, yeah, murderers. Um, he, he left jail after raising $1 million in bond donations. Like, can you fucking believe it? Like, Honestly, we go through, I, it's not me, but like at least a lot of other people, oh, but I did participate. Like, I mean, I signed petitions, I donated money. So we go through all this just to have this asshole be released from jail after a $1 million bond. And I think that's so unfair. You see, that is the problem. That is a problem of power. That's a problem of money. That's a problem. It's like, the, like just because you got out of jail doesn't mean that what he did was right and doesn't mean that he should even be allowed to get out of jail you know like he th th this option shouldn't even have been given to him because he clearly was involved in the murder of George Floyd but then if this was an entire different scenario none of this would be happening if this was a black guy he would he wouldn't have been released he in fact would have just been thrown into prison immediately. He might even be have he might even have been killed. So this is when you talk about systematic racism instead of individual racism. So another example of systematic relation systematic racism comes under the opportunities these black people get, like these African Americans get um, in America. You see, the African-American population in America till today actually have the worst opportunities for uh, in hand for them. You see, they actually have the worst school school system. They have the worst, worst schools. They have the worst education in the entire states. They have the worst health care, hence the reason of why there are so many deaths of COVID-19 in those areas and a lot of the deaths of COVID-19 are actually African-Americans instead of the whites because the healthcare is so poor and also the education is quite poor. They do not really know how to take care of it and they have the worst jobs. So when this the, the price 
just rises so much because of inflation of things like toilet paper of things like basic necessities of hand sanitizers uh, gloves and masks these people would not necessarily be able to afford it at least not so much in large quantities as opposed to the people who live in the nicer areas who are supposed to the people who live in the cities as opposed to the white people as opposed to the quote-unquote privileged people that's why these people that's why the african-american community the hispanic community or like these racial minorities actually tend to at this stage are dying are the larger percentage of people who are dying from COVID-19 in uh, America. So you see that under that problem of systematic uh, racism, let's talk about the problem of worse schools and worse jobs. You see, the reason why a lot of these people in these African-American communities have the worst job is jobs is because they have the worst schools they do not get a good quality of they do not get good quality education and this in turn causes a problem called intergenerational poverty which is in fact a problem in almost every single part of the world it's a problem in hong kong as well but then the problem of intergenerational poverty in the state in this sorry in the states actually lies under a systematic racism pro- racism problem instead of like other problems like in hong kong it's not really related to systematic racism is that they just do not get equal opportunities because they have just been born poor they cannot afford like these cram schools and etc however in the states it's especially for these african-americans to the extreme to find it extremely hard to come out of this intergenerational poverty that they have been born into because um they are not given the equal opportunities the opportunities that they're given are far worse or far worse quality just because you're giving them education doesn't mean that education is actually going to bring them a lot of positive impact and just because they have jobs doesn't mean that the jobs are actually going to help them live a comfortable and sustainable lifestyle you know how good are those jobs how good are the pace are they even happy at their jobs those things are really important when you are of white skin but then when you're of darker skin nobody really talks about that you know so i think that's an entire problem when it comes under the entire system so let's uh then move on to talking about the protests under which was a cause of individual and systematic racism you see a lot of the police officers and a lot of the police department actually came out and say not everybody in the police force is racist and there are a lot of white people who also, who also say that not every white person is racist which i totally agree there are so many white people who went out on the streets to protest who went out and you know like they inhaled the same tear gas that the black people inhaled they're also fighting for equality and i totally respect that like i'm like Yes, that is so true. And not all police officers are racist. Not all police officers are sexist. That is true, again, because when the police officers are racist, that is under individual racism. When we are talking about systematic racism, which these protests are actually trying to solve, we're talking about the courts, the justice system, and the prison system that treats these black people far worse then it treats a white person that that treats these like hispanic people far worse than they would treat a white person you know take for example 
a black person is so much more likely to be convicted of the same crime that a white person committed or a black person is so much more likely to be arrested for a crime they did not commit whereas a white person is so much less likely to be convicted of a crime that they did commit whereas that same person would not be arrested and a black person in replacement of that white person would be arrested and this has happened in so 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 many different cases where a black person has been arrested for a murder that a white person has committed just because the system has failed the families of the mur the, vic the murder victim and also the families of the guy that has been falsely accused of murder you know be just because he's black now obviously it doesn't happen at all times because uh, this justice system, like the systematic racism in justice system, it doesn't happen at all, all times. Because when you think about the People versus O.J. Simpson case, uh, by the way, which you do not know, it was a really big murder case at that time. <clears throat> it divided the whites and the blacks. Obviously, the whites that supported O.J. Simpson's wife. O.J. Simpson was a really famous uh, rugby player, football player. Uh, who murdered his wife and also his my his wife Nicole and also Nicole's friend who were at uh, O.J. Simpson's uh, mansion, manor, a house, whatever. So you see, O.J. Simpson was not convicted of the crime. He was found not guilty. And one of the main reasons of why he was not found guilty. And one of the main reasons, even though evidence was very clear that he was guilty, was because he, because people didn't want to, because the court, the people, the prosecutors, blah, 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 didn't want to be under that pressure that he was convicted solely because he was black. Now, this is where systematic racism causes a really big problem. It's because people are going to be in fear to convict a black person who has actually committed a crime just because he's black especially if that person is famous hence like people like oj simpson so you see this entire systematic racism causes a problem that's far beyond racism is that people are not given a equal and fair trial in america what i see especially by the deaths of brianna taylor by the death of Ahmed Arbery, by the death who uh, who was actually not killed by a police uh a, like a police officer on duty, but then he was an ex police officer, but then he sort of was like you know those KKK people, skinheads, neo Nazis, white supremacy under all that umbrella, who murdered Ahmed Arbery on a run. I watched that video too. Still extremely brutal. Still goes in my head. I replay it sometimes. It's just. So bad. Guys, can you please put trigger warning on the videos that you're going to publish? I'm going to watch them anyways, but like, just put trigger warning. At least I'll be mentally prepared. Um, and then you see George Floyd and all these people who were murdered by police officers. This, uh, shit, I forgot what I was saying. Okay, I kind of got a lost track of what I was saying earlier. Because I, 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 God, please, please, please put trigger warning. I was kind of triggered that people didn't put trigger warning. Okay, so what I say on like how there's a problem with America's justice system, even though it is really famous and really well known for 
their uh, right, people's right to a Fifth Amendment, and also people have the right to an attorney, blah, blah, blah. They have the right to remain silent and etc. They also have a right to a fair trial. They have a right to attorney. I think I just said that. And people are proven, their people are innocent until proven guilty. However, a majority of these privileges, if you see videos, if you see proof, if you see past cases, are only enjoyed or are mainly enjoyed by the whites. They're not enjoyed by people like George Floyd. They were not enjoyed by people like Breonna Taylor, who absolutely did nothing. They were not enjoyed by a lot of other black people, whereas they're easily enjoyed if my skin is white, you know? Because these black people, i.e. these African-Americans, I'm sorry, I keep calling them black, but like, because black lives matter, you know? It just puts an emphasis. Okay, I'm so sorry if it comes out as a little bit offensive. Like, um, I just really hope it doesn't come out as offensive. Okay, or whatever. So, whereas an African-American is guilty until proven innocent. Now, that is the entire fucked up problem with America's justice system. It's the problem of systematic racism that is a problem that causes this problem with America's justice system, and we don't really realize it. Or maybe we knew it since the 1960s, but we're just starting to realize it now. And we see that uh, because of this, we see that black people the i.e. the African Americans or the Latinos, the uh, the Mexicans, and whoever is sort of a minority seems to spend much more time, or at least five years, five times more, the time, uh, in prison for a crime that for a same crime that a white person has also convicted, and there are so 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 many cases of that, and it is. So unfair as I see it because I'm like, why is that the case? You know, like, why should a black person be more of a threat to society just because of the color color of their skin, whereas a white person is more or less of a threat to a society just because they're lighter skin? Because when I look at somebody, I don't think they're a threat to me just because of the way they look, just because of the color of their skin. I think they're a threat to me if they are if they attack me or like if they you know, do something wrong. Now, there is understanding of, like, police defensiveness in the Amer- in these states because while America is a very uh, large country with a really large, really large scale and a very deep-rooted problem in their police system and their justice system, their arresting the uh, system, the prison system, etc., you see that America, the Americans, actually, I'm not only talking about African-Americans, I'm talking about the white people, I'm talking about Hispanics, I'm talking about Latinos, I'm talking about every single, like, group, overgeneralizing it, Americans are, America is a heavily armed society. In fact, America's economy also survives on arms and, you know, these sort of military technology and etc., that is why sometimes police are more defensive during their arrest. But then when you're arresting somebody for a, a like alleged $20 counterfeit, um, uh, for alleged $20 used in a uh, convenience store that was, uh, what am I even saying? 
for $20 that was used in the convenience stores that was allegedly counterfeit, that is not going to bring any threat to you, right? Because George Floyd had no guns on him, no whatsoever. He has a beautiful family or he had a beautiful family. My prayers go to him and his family. May God give him heaven. He was not armed. So why did the police kneel on his neck for nine minutes? For what reason? You know, you made an arrest. You put him in the police car. You go interrogate him. Let him go. You explain his rights to him. Why the hell was he, you know, asphyxiated? Why the hell did Derek Chauvin put his neck, put his knee, uh, put his knee on his neck for nine minutes straight? Like, what the fuck was the threat there? You know. So I see that. Uh, basically, the there's a. I understand that sometimes the police officers use force, use arms, use force because they feel threatened or because it's a very dangerous scene. For example, if you are in a place of where, or for example, in an armed robbery, or for example, if you're in a place of a drug lord, if you're in a very sketchy, very weird sort of bar, or in a very weird sort of room, and you're trying to catch some drug lords, terrorists, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you can pull your gun out. But you're not gonna kill somebody who who is like laying on their bed, you know, like they're not a threat to you. So that entire problem of like because everybody in America is so heavily armed, that entire problem actually just further extends to the white police officers just assuming that these African American communities are more of a threat than the American like than their American friends. Uh, sorry, the white friends who e- who would equally have the same weapons or even maybe even more, maybe even more expensive weapons. So I don't really understand why it is only the African-Americans who are shot at, who are more who are more of a quote unquote threat to the police officer's safety than a white person is. So that is under a systematic racism problem as under a very it's a much larger problem that cannot be solved in like a month and a week or in like just by firing four officers it it won't be solved like that it takes much longer than that it will take much more effort and i don't see it being completely solved for at least the next two or three years and it's going to take time especially because the u.s is such a large country and it's not going to happen unless and until Donald Trump is voted out of his office because Donald Trump is a hypocrite, a white supremacist, he's a rapist, he's a child molester, he's a child trafficker. Oh my god, he's so many things that we cannot even speak of. It's uns- like it's disgusting, okay? So Donald Trump's hypocrisy, the reason why I just called him a, hip- a him a hypocrite is because he threatened to use military force on these protesters on the in the black lives matter movement he called them quote and i quote this thugs whereas he called the white people who went out protesting because they didn't want to be in a lockdown and they felt that it was a birthright to be outside they felt that it was a birthright to protest about these things and they it felt that it was a birthright to get their nails done to get a haircut and etc these people were called by the president of the united states and I quote again, good people. 
So, you see, there's this problem with the head of the country to begin with. So, unless and until Donald Trump is voted out of office in November, I don't really see that everything is going to be solved that soon. And then, uh, let's talk about rioting, which obviously is something very, like, we, we talk about it a lot these days, and uh, we see that there are looters, there are more ex- aggressive protesters, but then, is does sometimes, sometimes, like, peaceful protests don't really work, you know? Because when the police officers, they harass journalists, they violate international international UN laws relating to like these journalists because they are the journalists are supposed to be protected. They're not supposed to be harmed when they are in like these sort of scenarios. When the police is actively violating these laws, and this applies to many different countries, including Hong Kong, you see that more people would come out as more aggressive because it sort of then legitimizes rioting or aggressive protesting because they feel like oh if you see that nor like peaceful protest is a problem if you're going to disperse the crowds with tear gas canisters etc and etc what's the difference in rioting then wouldn't rioting be like giving what wouldn't rioting give out a more i should say a more large scale more in hand impact because it actually affects the day-to-day lives of people, for example, when they break the stores and etc., which I do not condone, I do not support it. But then at the end of the day, sometimes, have you really, like, do you, have you thought of, like, well, maybe aggressiveness is the only way out because you have been trying to scream for so long, but maybe it's time you fight. And then it's sort of like, this thing that has been happening since uh it's kind of kind of like it has been persistent and it has like this sort of black life this black lives matter movement has been persistent since the assassination of martin luther king jr who uh, uh, sorry martin luther king in uh 1968 where he protested very peacefully but then he was still assassinated, okay? And then it followed by a series of very aggressive riots and etc., which honestly were legitimized because, like, there was a reason why they were rioting. There was a cause, and there, it was totally legitimate. The entire movement was legi- legitimate. So you see that when you sort of, when you're actually so aggressive, when the authorities are so aggressive, when the system in itself is having such huge problems, you cannot really blame the people for being uh, for being uh, aggressive. You cannot really blame the people for being unhappy or for, you know, so this having this for, you know, rioting on the streets, for damaging property and etc. Honestly, do not damage properties because um, it sort of affects the lives of normal people i mean like if you damage trump estates i don't really think it's going to cost them a lot of money but like uh i think that is more legitimate than damaging the that's more legitimate and has more of a direct i should say impact than it is to damage the stores of a black owned business you know i think that's kind of unfair 
And also, I would like at this point of the podcast, I would like to extend my appreciation and also my thanks to people who have been actively um, donating, signing petitions, spreading awareness, especially celebrities like Billie Eilish and uh, Taylor Swift and there's so many more. I cannot even think of them at the back of my head now. Jeffree Star. Yes. Raise the fucking degree. Yes, girl. I agree. So, yeah, all these people, thank you so much. Because if it wasn't for you, like, the movement wouldn't have been as successful. Because I really think that these people or these quote-unquote influencers, I think they do have a positive influence on us. And it really, like, when they actually step in and help, when they actually step in and donate and oh and Kalhani as well and actually like you know they really do end up bringing a positive impact to the entire system and to the entire you know the entire movement and etc okay anyways so that is basically all I should say that I can think of at the back of my head and also after my you know um research and also like my or uh, my what's that called my preparation and exactors okay that's all i have to say on systematic and individual racism that's all i have to say about my experience with racism let's go on to talking about four really amazing shows and movies included that i'd recommend you guys to watch because a you're in quarantine you most probably have nothing to do and B, they're really good, they're really educational, and they're very, very entertaining. Like, they have amazing script work, and some of these are also, like, Oscar award winners. And, yeah, they're really good. Okay, so the first one is called Hollywood. It is a Netflix original series. It is excellent. It talks about... Uh, it talks about racism in Hollywood on like how black people get got their place in the movie industry and they got their place in Hollywood it talks about how it black people were usually whenever they were in movies they were no matter how talented they were they usually were the maid or people who did like low level jobs and etc. So it really it's a really good movie about like homosexuality. It's a really good movie about um, black people. It talks about like the somehow it, it just touches a little bit on the history of Oscars, of the Oscars, and it's really really good. It's not a sorry. It's not a it's not a movie. It's a series, and I watched it in one day. I finished the entire series. I I am really good at binge watching. Don't judge me. And said, praise me. Congratulations are in order for binge watching like so many movies, like so so, and so many series. I was gonna say T series, but and so many series and so many shows. Anyways, yeah. So that is really really good. And then the second show or series that I want you guys to watch, it's also really good. And it's about a case that I just talked about earlier. It's the O.J. Simpson case. It's called People versus O.J. Simpson. Or is it People v. O.J. Simpson? I forgot. And it's really, really good. It's 
basically the entire court film except put into better casting and also it's also put into better camera work and better quality video and better quality audio so you guys can watch that it is almost similar or it's like i think 90 percent similar to as to what exactly happened in the um the actual case so that is also i feel like that's also a really good movie that you guys should definitely go ahead uh, uh, why do i keep saying movie that's also a really good show that you guys definitely should watch i watched it again in one day it's really really good i learned a lot from it i learned about how just money and power really really can get you anywhere no matter what you look how you look whatever like it's just it, it it actually is kind of fucked up but then it's still quite good and then there is another show that's called dear white people i didn't finish watching it i actually stopped in the middle because i think i stopped because i got hooked onto money highs and then i got hooked on to, hooked onto elite i uh, but then it's actually still a really good show and it is Something that I'm going to be start, uh, resuming after I finish editing this podcast later. It's also good. It, The name speaks for himself, itself. It's a sort of like high school scenario about whites and blacks and, you know, inequality and etc. It's good. If you guys like it, do tell me. If you don't, then, well, never mind. I cannot give you a full-on review. But then the first few episodes that I did watch, they were pretty nice. And the last one that I want to share is a movie that I... This is really a movie, finally. It's something that I held, withheld uh, watching because I didn't, I couldn't get myself mentally prepared. As, because I do know this is a... A, it's based on a true story. B, it is a, a very brutal um, movie. It's... I, I honestly... Viewer discretion is advised if you are not somebody with a strong heart, if you would feel uncomfortable with the scenes, the the racism, and also the sexual assault, because it involves rape, it involves slavery, and etc. If you are somebody that's going to be extremely oversensitive, if you're going to feel mentally unwell, please do not watch this one. It's called 12 Years a Slave. It is based on a book. It's based on a completely true story. I do not want to ruin it but the name speaks for itself it is about a black person who was a slave for 12 years he was kidnapped trafficked and he saw the world uh of slavery it was brutal it's honestly it's a really painful movie to watch if you are not in the right mind if you are suffering from depression or anxiety or if you have suffered sex uh you know sexual abuse in your life please refrain from watching this movie it is not going to be suitable for you honestly just don't okay anyways so that is that for the movie recommendations if you guys like these movies please just send me a message it's on the message box or in my on my website that is linked to my instagram account or you guys can email me at kind of funny by ms at gmail.com i would really really want to hear your you, you guys's opinion on the movie itself 
or, or on the shows that I've just recommended. Anyways, before I end this, I just want to share a quite a interesting yet sad fact with you guys. I just saw it on Instagram before, like when I was prepping for this podcast, is that actually I'm not really sure if you have noticed or realized is that, you know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, they were really powerful men. Uh, George Washington, the guy that's quote-unquote discovered America, like, you don't fucking discover something that already exists, you know, he didn't discover America, he just occupied America. Anyways, yeah, you, you really just don't discover something that you don't own, okay? Or, 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 or you, like, you discover something that didn't exist. Like, I don't know, what, are there any famous scientists who discovered something? I don't really remember. Yeah, I sucked at science. Fuck, fuck the science class. Anyways, yeah. So yeah, you don't you don't discover something that already exists. Like no, you don't. You don't. Okay. So yeah. <sighs> Dumbass people. Okay. So it says, do you know any white people with the last names Washington and Jefferson? Don't think about it too long. You probably don't. These. That's because slaves took the names of their masters, hence, like, for example, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, and these guys owned hundreds of slaves at the time of their deaths, so they didn't pass their names to their own kids, yet they passed them on to the people that they owned. You know, you're gonna learn more about people, like, the white people owning this owning black owning the black people owning the african americans legally under the court and it was totally legal at that time it was not a crime to own slaves and it was really hard to prosecute white men for owning slaves you're going to learn more about that in the movie but if you do not really want to watch the movie i can i would be more than happy to explain more about it to you in person but then yeah like I don't really want to ruin the movie for people who are actually going to watch it. Anyways, yeah. So, as I was saying, so they didn't pass their names to their kids. They passed it on to the people that they own. That's why you have black co-workers, friends, neighbors, and family members with those last names. That is the foundation of our country. So, if you ever, if you don't think that systematic racism is a problem in the U.S. and you have lived in the U.S., then you do not know your own history. Exactly what I was saying. Systematic racism is a really prominent and a really deep-rooted problem since the start of the U.S. Since this very beginning, it was a problem in the U.S. And systematic racism is more prominent than what people actually think. And yeah, so I really hope you guys got more out of this podcast i really hope you guys understood more about systematic racism and the difference between systematic racism individual racism and how systematic racism actually sort of impacts people to have individual racism and i hope you guys got to know me a little bit more about uh, especially through my experience with racism and etc and most importantly I am going to be putting some links to these uh, these petitions and also areas where you can donate and etc. 
in the description box a and also going to be putting it on my website so you guys can go ahead and check them out and also sign the petitions please do sign the petitions because like i don't even understand because like you see the blackout tuesdays there's like the hashtag blackout tuesdays on uh blackout tuesday on instagram you have like 29 million retweet 29 million people posting blackout tuesday they're like 22 million people posting black lives matter but they're like less than 12 million people who are even able to sign a petition so you see that is a fucking problem okay don't do that if you're not going to sign petitions if you're not going to be actively like you don't have to donate money you can just watch youtubers who are going to donate their full profits to the black lives matter movement on certain videos you can watch those they're really really good because they're uh, the CPM would actually be higher the more the people watch it and the YouTubers actually do earn a lot on like these sort of like um, videos and etc on like these ads do not skip the ads and also do not watch it when you have signed into account because it doesn't really count so yeah that is that and please do not just post like hashtag blackout Tuesday or hashtag black lives matter when you don't even sign petitions when you don't really care about it like do not jump just hop onto instagram trends do not just hop onto social media trends because it just doesn't mean anything okay if you're not actually going to take any sort of action because just posting a black square doesn't mean shit if you're gonna repost like stories of like or like stories and also like internet uh, the information on like these on the Black Lives Matter movement or like information on, for example, the following up on Derek Chauvin or like the murders of Breonna Tra Taylor on like the murders of Ahmed Aubrey on like the murders of um, George Floyd and etc. I think that's a good thing that's you're going to be posting about it. But please do sign petitions because it really, really does help. And anyways, I think this is well enough time that I put this podcast to a end. It's my first podcast. I had a lot of fun recording it. I had a lot of fun expressing myself. And also I had really a lot of fun sharing my opinions with you guys. I'd really be interested in hearing your opinion about it. Anyways. And if you have any opinions, please do email me. Or send me a WhatsApp message or Instagram message, DMs, whatever. I don't really care. Just I'd be interested to know. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I hope to, I am really excited for you guys to tune in again on Tuesday. This is going to be my first episode and Tuesday is going to be my second episode. You guys should look forward to it because it's going to be a really fun episode that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. Anyways, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. Please be aware of what's happening around you in the world. There are a lot of people who are not privileged like us and, well, I'm not really privileged either. And let's work together to finally make this world an equal and just place because there's only one race and that is the human race. Thank you so much for listening. Your host, Maria, signing out.